is up, everybody out there in podcast listening land? This is Tyler. This is Danny. And we're the Fried Squirms. We're here to get stoned and talk about horror movies. This week, horror comedy with Dracula dead and loving it. Shit, that's exciting. Anyway, we're going to get there. As always, we have to start off with the most important part. What sets us apart from all those other podcasts? The green hits. We're here to get stoned. Then talk about horror movies. <laughs> Not talk about horror movies, then get stoned. Who, who cares about that shit? Right, exactly. So let's get to our green hits. Danny, I actually know already, but for the form of the thing, what is it that I'm smoking here today? All right, so this week, once again, a stop by Flower picked up the sugar cookie strain. With that being said, this is a hybrid strain. It's a 50-50 split. It is crossed with the infamous Sensi Star, Crystal Gale, and Blue Hawaiian strains. So not to be confused with the classic Girl Scout cookies, this one is in a league of its own. Like its name suggests, it does have a sweet and sugary vanilla flavor with a buttery coffee-flavored XL. Says the aroma is surprisingly fruity and tropical nature with a buttery sweet vanilla effect that's released as the nugs are burned. Now, with that being said, the THC over at Flower on this one's like 18%. Cannabinoids are somewhere close to 2%, a little bit below that. So not too bad for, you know, for Flower. And for those who are curious, if you suffer from chronic pain, depression, eye pressure, headaches, or stress, this is a good strain for you. And being that it is a hybrid, you're not going to get too buzzed and Mm -hmm. you're not going to get too sleepy. Hell yeah. All right, this week, Danny, I was going to go pick up some J's like normal. I have you smoking a bowl again like last time. Something happened. This week for you, I have somewhat of a novelty these days in that what I managed to bring you this week is some of that no clue. Oh, nice. (laughs) Been a minute. Uh, Right? These days we we know every little bit about this fucking weed that we're Yeah, I mean, we'll break it down to the terpene. (laughs) I got you some no clue. Awesome. My girlfriend's father decided he wanted to not smoke anymore smoke less something like that anyway i didn't know that part of it she had been telling me all weekend like oh he got you some weed i was like okay like that's awesome like thanks dan like that's great and i kind of just assumed by the way that she was talking about it like i don't know like he went and got you a dime bag for some reason like maybe he was in there himself (laughs) and there was some sort of deal and he's like well i know that he smokes weed I'll, i'll pick him up this little thing or whatever I had no idea why he had picked me up some weed or whatever, but she just kept telling me, he got you some weed. I'm like, okay, he got it. <laughs> then finally when she brings it over last night, she's like, yeah, I guess he's like wanting to quit or something, I don't know. And she handed me this bag, and he gave me like a fucking quarter. Oh, shit, hell yeah, that's sweet. <laughs> but it came in the fucking like take bag, like we're used to, and I open that up, and I reach in, and it just... Came out in a Ziploc, old school. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck is this? That's awesome. I have an idea. I know who he got it from, but I don't know if they bought it or if it's something they grew. Gotcha. Either way, it's pretty nice. Because I know that they do both. So, yeah, some no clue. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Once again, that's a coincidence because we talked about that on Willy's Wonderland Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago. So, yeah, another nice little coincidence. I just think it's fucking weird, considering I'm so used to being like, yeah, I got some Widow, or yeah, I got just, some fucking Pink Runts, or exactly. Platinum Garlic, or... It's almost become 
a formality and a science in a sense here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I know I like that though. It's nice to revisit roots, if you will, sometimes. No puns. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what. Like, how much of a root is that? Like, I know, dude, that's a sweet score. Hell yeah, that's a big nug too. A couple right? big nugs. So yeah, that's a nice. That's a but like up. just looking at it in the ziplog, like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me what notes you're getting off of that. I know it's like hold on. It has a little. It has a little fruity. I mean, I'm like strong, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you either. Yeah, it's hard to. It what doesn't notes? have like a. No it clue. It's not like real skunky or diesel or anything like that. It has a little. It smells like weed. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like it has a little <laughs> hint of of a fruit, but not overpowering like citrus or anything like that so i'd imagine probably myrcene which is Mm -hmm. where you get that grapey flavor berry flavor from well hell yeah with that out of the way i'd like to remind everybody we got the patreon now www.patreon.com slash fried squirms at the various lowest level of one dollar a month you could have been listening to this last week that simple you get everything a week earlier dollar a month it's pretty sweet a quarter a week (laughs) Right? Shit. That's cheap, dude. Now, if you up that $3 a month, you start getting our Patreon-only episodes, which we've been having a blast doing. We're going back through our catalog. There will be other stuff than that in the future, but, like, we're still getting used to all this shit, and it's summer, and we're busy, and, I don't know, grown-ass adults. (laughs) And we're fucking tired. (laughs) Yeah, we're old. Plus, like, (laughs) motherfuckers, you know, we get stoned. (laughs) And, like... (laughs) stoned and sit down in front of some power wash simulator and there goes the fucking afternoon bro i mean you have fun anyway and then up at that top level you got the discord and shit you could be talking to us right now being like yo what the fuck you guys saying about this we'd be like this is what we're saying and be like yeah what about this and we'd bring it up why wouldn't we bring it where up? you at we bring shit up anyway you motherfuckers hit it up, hit us up other ways, and we bring it up. Like we definitely bring it up. You guys were hitting us up on the Discord on this shit, so hey, check that down. out. Patreon.com/slash/FriedSquirms. Even if you're not interested, there's a poll there to find out what would make you interested. Go check it out. We're moving on to some Dracula Dead and loving it. Let's get ready for some guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. All right, guts and bolts. Dracula dead and loving it. Who and what went in the making of this flick? Spoiler free. Get to the spoilers in a bit. Start off with our spoiler free setup in case you don't know what you're getting into. Mm. It's Dracula told by Mel Brooks. That's my spoiler free setup. I mean, that's <laughs> that's, exactly I, that's what also technically is. maybe spoilers if you know Dracula, but there's no other way for me to. That's that's straight up just what this is. So, right, <laughs> I know, right. So this is funny. Cool thing, yeah. This is our our first foray with Mel Brooks. Unless we do Young Frankenstein eventually, our only foray with Mel Brooks. That's the only two of his movies that I think count. I think you're right at this point. <laughs> count for our show, right, right, right. So unless we have like a crossover or something, but yeah, exactly. I think that would be the only other one. Which, you know, that's okay too. But uh, speaking of Mel Brooks, of course, we do like talking about our cast and crew from week to week. He is our director. He is one-third of the writing team on this. And with that being said, as if we do need to introduce Mel Brooks, you've already talked about Young Frankenstein, which came out in 74. 
few other films of note are The Producers from 1967. He directed, actually, probably the first one I watched was Spaceballs back in 1987. High Anxiety from 77, History of the World Part 1, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Now I'm trying to think. I probably saw, ooh, this might have been the first one I saw. I'm trying to remember if I saw this or Men in Tights first. Yeah, I know I'd seen Men in Tights before I'd seen this. That's a fact. But I'd seen Spaceballs so many times mm-hmm. as a kid. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, moving on, we have writers Rudy De Luca and Steve Haberman. Um, I'll start off with Steve Haberman first. He's known for writing on, of course, a couple of Mel Brooks films, which include Life Stinks. He's also known for the film Screw Loose and Box Office 3D, the filmist of films. And with Rudy DeLuca, this gentleman, he's got some really cool credits to his name as well. So, bring uh, He's director for one of my favorite horror comedies. Yeah? Transylvania 6-5000. That is pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, he also wrote for The Carol Burnett Show, The Tim Conway Show, The Marty Feldman Comedy Machine. He helped on High Anxiety and Silent Movie. So he's Cave written Man. for some of the funniest people we've ever right. seen on TV. I mean... <laughs> Think about Shelley Long and Ringo Starr in Caveman. That's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, he wrote on Life Stinks, The Good Bad Guy. Yeah, uh, he's also an actor. Speaking of, I know we brought this up, was it last week, I believe? The Return of Count Yorga. Oh, right. He is in that film. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah, I'm like, wow, okay. He's also in Transylvania 6-5000. So, yeah, he's actually got some acting credits as well, which is really neat. All right, cinematographer on this is Michael D. O'Shea. This gentleman, once again, has got some really cool credits. Uh, going back a little bit, some people might have recognized his work because he helped on about 68 episodes of Doogie Howser, M.D., back in the day from 1990 through 1993. He's also helped on an episode of Weird Science, a television show back in 94, which Weird is really cool. Science. Yeah, he helped on Lewis and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, back in 95 and 96. He also helped on Big Mama's House from 2000, Sorority Boys, The New Guy, CSI Miami. He's also worked on Bones back in 2005 and 6, and uh, Eli Stone back in 2008 and 2009, which is really okay. cool. All right. Moving on, we have editor Adam Weiss. Another gentleman's got some really cool film credits, which include Bull Durham, really cool film. He's also known for Crossing the Bridge, Blank Man, Jingle All the Way, Godzilla the Series for 27 episodes back in 1999 through 2001, Men in Black the Series, Jackie Chan Adventures, 12 episodes of that. Damn. Yeah. I watched all three of those shows. That's pretty wild. He's (laughs) he's actually helped on the Cheech and Chong Roasted TV special, Hmm. which is really neat. Yeah. See here, moving on, we've got... Music by Humi Man, another gentleman's got some really cool credits, which include such things as uh, probably some cartoons you and I actually watched. This includes Tiny Toon Adventures for a couple episodes back in 1990-91. He also helped on the film Year of the Comet back in 1992, Robin Hood, Men in Tights in 93. Two episodes of Master of Horror. Yeah, I did see that. That's really cool, man. Yeah, The Screwfly Solution, Homecoming, not bad episodes, not the greatest ones, but pretty decent. We have special effects done by Optic Nerve Studios, also known as Alchemy Studios, but they helped on the animatronics and special props, and DreamQuest Images helped on this, produced by Mel Brooks, of course. Production companies were Gamont. 
Castle Rock Entertainment and Brooks Films. If I'm not mistaken, Castle Rock is a part of Rob Reiner's production company. Mm. Was it really neat? All right, distributor on this is Castle Rock Entertainment. They helped with the 1995 United States theatrical release. This had a release date of December 22nd, 1995 here in the States. The budget was an estimated $30 million. It grossed worldwide, oof, 10.77, say 10.8 million. And because they were kind of spoofing the Got Milk ads back in the 90s, mm. the tagline on this is Got Blood. And I did see a picture of like Leslie Nielsen with a little blood mustache. Like it's kind of funny. Right, but you'd have to get it in context, you know what I mean? It's funnier in 1995. Yeah, I mean, shit, we're talking almost 30 years later. (laughs) It's going to lose a little luster. And even then... Yeah, even then it's kind of like, you know, it's definitely on the nose. You get it, you know. All right, moving into our cast. We've got Leslie Nelson, plays the role of Count Dracula. Gentleman who really needs no introduction, but we did talk about him way back when, on episode 14, when we reviewed repossessed which was a lot of fun man i know that's what coming up mm-hmm. here in a few months actually all right so with that being said leslie nelson i'm trying to think of a few films you know actually i'm gonna go ahead and say it those naked gun films he was in naked gun so good yeah which we won't talk about spy hard yeah spy hard is funny airplane i mean probably a lot of people know him for those roles oh yeah he was in the freaking creep show which probably got the poster Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the segment was something to tide you over. That was with Ted Danson. That's actually a pretty good segment. Mr. Magoo? <laughs> yeah, I know. I was just looking through here. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, he was in Scary Movie 3 and 4, mm-hmm. which is really interesting and present. Speaking of Slapshot, you were mentioning this off mic, but uh, Slapshot 3, the Junior League. Oh. He was okay. also in Stan Helsing back in 2009. And uh, I guess one of his last credits he, uh, for Stonerville as a producer... Mm. Yeah, which is really neat. All right, we've got Mel Brooks. Once again, he plays the role of Professor Van Helsing. We've got Peter McNichol, plays the role of Thomas Renfield. Gentleman's got some really cool credits. Most notably for me, it's going to be in Ghostbusters 2, yeah. John Oshpoa. He also was Gary Granger. Oh, in uh, Adam's Family Values. Right. He was David Langley, and talking about Bean, right? Oh, shit. Right? Some people might know him because he was John Cage in Ally McBeal from 1997 through 2002. He was also Alan Birch in Chicago Hope from 1994 through 98. He was uh, X, the Eliminator on Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, which is really neat. Um, he was Tom Lennox in the sixth season of uh, 24 back in 2007. Yeah, he was in Numbers, Grey's Anatomy, Veep, Dr. Octopus, and then Spectacular Spider-Man. Yeah, so some really cool stuff there. All right, we've got Stephen Weber plays the role of Jonathan Harker. Wings is Stephen Weber. I know, right? That's just really cool. Now, one of our listeners, one of our guests, probably knows him because he was Jack Torrance in the TV miniseries adaptation of Stephen King's The Shining. Right? He also had a recurring role in I, Zombie as Vonda Clark. He was Mayor Douglas Hamilton on NCIS New Orleans. He was also Sergeant First Class Dennis Worcester in Hamburger Hill, which is actually, this is kind of a, for me, it's kind of an oxymoron. I already know this. Like, I'm a pacifist when it comes to wars, mm-hmm. unless they're absolutely necessary. But I used to own a lot of war movies. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburger Hill was one of them. So, yeah, I admit, <laughs> I like a good war movie. All right, we have Amy Asbeck plays the role of Mina Seward. 
actress I know we talked about a little bit last week. We'll get into it next section, but a few films a note from Amy. She was in House 2, The Second Story. She was also in the TV movie, which was a sequel to Splash, starring Daryl Hannah, but she was in Splash 2. She was also in Problem Child 1 and 2. She was mm-hmm. also in Robin Hood Men in Tights. She was in The Mask and The Odd Couple Part 2. She was in a ton of television series, but mostly like one-off episodes. I also looked. She was in a bunch of TV pilots, but none of them really got off the air. No pun intended, but never really you know picked any any steam up. Also, people probably know her because she was the Mrs. John Ritter. Right. So there's that as well. All right, we have Lisette Anthony plays role of Lucy Westerna. This actress, also a model, she's known for her roles in the film Husband and Wives, which is a Woody Allen film. She was also in the first season of the comedy series Auf Wiedersehen. Right? She was in Pet from 1983. She was in Three Up, Two Down. She was also in Holy Oaks, or Holly Oaks, sorry, from mm-hmm. 2016 through the 2022. Uh, made some guest appearances in you know, some film spots here and there. All right, we have Harvey Corman plays the role of Dr. Seward. Pretty big Speaking name. Speaking of like fucking one of the funniest motherfuckers to ever live. A few things of note from Harvey. as if he, Like you said, as if he needs an introduction. But some people might know him. This is an old name, actually. He was on the Danny Kay show way back in the day. He's also a part of the Carol Burnett show. Um, a lot of people know him because of his work with uh, Tim Conway. Mm-hmm. I used to, I guess he used to play like opposite and get chuckles out of him and shit like that, or vice versa. Um, he's wow, like three film. Jesus Christ! He's like three roles in the infamous Star Wars Holiday Special. Which go treat yourself if you like so bad it's good. Mm, that Star yeah. Wars Holiday Special is a experience <laughs> here's a just a few film notes he was in blazing saddles as Hedley lamar which is really cool he was in the pink panther strikes again high anxiety herbie goes bananas he was also in history of the world part one curse of the pink panther he was in alice in wonderland 1985s as white king he was in the film munchies he was in the flintstones he actually voiced dick to bird he was in Jingle All the Way as the President, which is really neat. He Holy voiced shit. Floyd. Corman was the Dictaberd? Damn. That's pretty wild, isn't it? I haven't thought about that Flintstones movie in dude, a fucking minute. Dude, this dude goes all the way back to Dennis the Menace, the television series. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, and if you want to see some other notes, I mean some other credits as far as like television, he's got a shit ton. He's done a lot of voice acting. Uh, just a few film, or excuse me, a few things of note that some... Of our listeners might know he did some stuff for Garfield and Friends back in '94, The Wild Thornberries. He also did some stuff for Happily Ever After, which is really neat. Buzz Lightyear of Star Command as Galaris, so stuff like that. All right, we have Anne Bancroft plays the role of Adam Ospenskaya. Right, this is the wife of Mel Brooks. Right, this is really neat. Now. She goes way back. I was looking at some of her credits earlier, and I was like, Jesus, where do I even start? Because she goes way back to the 50s, right? Yeah. Golden Globes, Emmys, Tonys, like like Anne Bancroft. She's she's legit. Put her work in, yeah. Yeah. I know she was probably, like, some of her notable roles include the films The Pumpkin Eater as Joe Armitage. She was in The Graduate as Mrs. Robinson. (laughs) Hence the song Blazing Saddles, right? She was an extra in that. She was in uh, The Elephant Man as Madge Kendall. 
Which was produced by Mel Brooks, but he right. kept his name off of exactly. it. Exactly. That's something that some people should know. It's because he didn't want people going in thinking that his films that he had his name on were going to be automatically comedies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that makes sense. All right. She was in 84 Charring Crossroad. I know she got some note from that. Love Potion Number 9. She was also in How to Make an American Quilt. Some people might know her from that. She was in Heartbreakers, which is really cool. And she did a bunch of television as well. Look up all those if you're curious. All right, we have Itzio Gregio, plays the role of the coachman. Now, this gentleman was inspired by Mel Brooks, and they had a really cool collaboration, so they would appear in each other's films on and off, this being one of them. Okay. All right, so this gentleman, he actually wrote, directed, acted in such films as Spam. He was also in Yuppies 1 and 2. He did The Silence of the Hams, 2001 A Space Travesty, and Box Office 3D, The Filmist of Films. All right, we have Megan Cavanaugh. She plays the role of Essie. She's coincidentally the maid. <laughs> I didn't recognize her, and I should have, because I fucking love A League of Their Own. Right. She I have really seen good. that movie probably a hundred times. This is really cool. I did not know that there was a like a spinoff television series they did, and she was the only actress mm. who starred in the film that was in the series. So there was that. She also voiced Judy Neutron and Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius in The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius. A few other things of note from her. Um, Robin Hood Men in Tights as Broomhilda, which is really funny. She's also in for Richer or Poor, which starred Tim Allen, Kirstie Alley, J.O. Sanders. She was also in Disney's That Darn Cat, starring Christina Ritchie and Dougie Doug, which is really neat. Yeah, she did some really cool stuff like Home Improvement. Yeah, she was in Friends. I mean, she did like a lot of... like. Television work as well, which is really cool. A lot of stage work as well. I've forgotten about that darn cat. Doug Jones is in that movie, too. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Go figure. All right. We have Chuck McCann. Peter Boyle. Damn. Yeah, I mean, some big names. It it makes sense when you start seeing people work together. Mm -hmm. All right. We have Chuck McCann plays the role of the innkeeper. This gentleman, once again, has got some really cool stuff. At one time, he actually had his own show called The Chuck McCann Show. All right. So just a few things of note from him. He was actually in Herbie Rides Again from 74, which is really cool. He was in Hamburger, the motion picture, as Dr. Mole. He was in Ladybugs, 1992's Ladybugs, as the bartender. Yeah, he was in Robin Hood, Men in Tights, as a villager, Citizen Jane. I Know That Voice, which is a documentary film. He did some voice acting in G.I. Joe back in the 80s as Leatherneck. He also was Duckworth the Butler in the DuckTales the movie which is really neat from 1990. Did a lot of television work as well, which is really neat. All right, we've got Mark Blankfield, plays the role of Martin. This gentleman's really cool. He's been in such things as Jekyll and Hyde Together Again, which is a film. Robin Hood, Men in Tights is Blinken. That's where I'm going to know him from always. Oh, it's Blinken. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was also in a television series entitled Good and Evil back in 1991. And he was also, this is trippy for me because I didn't know this was him. I wouldn't have recognized him back then, but I do now is he was like one of the waiters at that little place that the uh, the gang from Save by the Bell ate at. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was in a couple of episodes back in 1990 through 1991. There's a lot of other people I didn't really write down because, like I said, we'd be here all day, but just to a, just a name a few other ones. All right, we have uh, Clive Revel plays World of Sykes. Greg Binkley as Woodbridge. He's like one of the medical students who handles the brains during the exam. Some people might know him because he was Kenny James on My Name is Earl. He was also Harold in Revenge of the Nerds, Part 3, The Next Generation. 
Rudy DeLuca plays a gardenist. Avery Schreiber is a male peasant on the coach. People should know him because of his work with Jack Burns back in the 1960s. David DeLuise, he's also a student in the Van Helsing demonstration. Son of Dom DeLuise, which is really neat. If if anybody's ever going to do a Avery Schreiber biopic, yes, 100%. That's what I thought it was. PFT. (laughs) I'm like, Jesus. PFT all day long. PFT looks almost exactly like him. Hey, it looks just like him. I didn't have to look it up. (laughs) It looks just like him. Yeah, I was just looking at some of his stuff. He was in Caveman and also Robin Hood Men in Tights. He was like a um, a tax collector in that film. Mm, Okay. Yeah, so there you go. But yeah, that pretty much rounds out our cast and crew. You gave us a brief setup. You should give some warnings. There's a little bit of gore, some blood and gore, believe it or not. A little bit of blood and gore. Well, I was like, more blood. 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 Yeah, I won't say gore, but blood. Um, Um, Mild language. Mild mild language. uh, Mild. Sexual suggestiveness. It's a very mild cleavage. Well, I won't say mild, but there's cleavage, but that's about as Mm -hmm. good as it gets there. That's about it. That's about it. I mean, it's a comedy. Yeah. For the most part. It's a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's not going to get gory or nothing like that. So let's get on and find out how Dracula Dead and Loving It made us squeal. How does that make you squeal? All right. Dracula Dead and Loving It. Is this capping off sort of a horror comedy trilogy-ish? Yeah, you could say that. Considering the films we've done. Man, I had a lot of fun watching this movie again, but... I'm going to admit straight up, I'm not sure what I'm going to say. <laughs> right, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I didn't have, like, a ton of notes either. I tried taking a ton of notes. Didn't happen. Cause no, because the story's so familiar. Yeah. And it's just a spoof, essentially, of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not, like, a huge spoof, but, you know. It's not like Meet the Spartans spoof. No, 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 no. But. I mean, it has its gags and its moments. Mm-hmm. There was a couple things, like. I was trying to figure out when the last time I'd watched this movie was. And I thought it might have been with Jesse when he lived here. I I texted him about it. He's like, no. I was like, okay, so it was before that. I realized the last time I watched this movie, as soon as I saw saw it now, like put it up on the screen again, Mm -hmm. that I don't know when exactly it was, but I can tell you that Prior to this weekend, the last time I saw it was on a CRT wow. standard. You know, I'm, I say wow now, but I, probably the same for me, to be quite frank, now that I think about it. It's hard to place a date. I looked at it, and I'm like, I have never seen this movie look like this. Uh-uh. Not a single fucking time in my life has this movie looked Man, like this when I'm watching it. It's that good. Right? Yeah, I mean, it looks a lot better. Oh, yeah, because my shit's all upscale. Yeah, and like, I'm getting that. So it can be... Compared to CRT VHS, fuck yeah. But then as it started in on the opening credit sequence, it was like I could guess what was coming next. I realized I had watched this movie a lot more than I thought I did, which made me start wondering, I didn't think that I had owned this movie, but I think that's the only way I could have seen it as many times as I did. I think we must have taped it off of Showtime. I know I didn't, like, own it, own it. There wasn't a fucking well, sleeve of with Leslie Nielsen's face <laughs> lying around. No, no, but hey, man, it was marked up on the VHS tape, mm-hmm. what it was. <laughs> so I think I must have had it taped. That's awesome. Because that's the only way in that time period that I would have been able to see it as many times. Because rewatching this movie, 
it like it was all flooding back, which almost made it harder to take notes because I'm like, I know what fucking happens next. I don't. Yeah, you're not really like anticipating too much it's in terms of like, oh, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was cool. Like it was, it felt like back in my childhood. I That's felt awesome. all nice and warm and wrapped up in this movie, but yeah. like, it hits a little different, eh? It's a, yeah, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Like it we is. do drugs all the time, but <laughs> that one's yeah, that one's different though. But it was weird to have like be like, no, nah, I never owned this, and to be like, oh, there's, yeah, I, I guess I must have because it didn't come on Showtime that often. You know what I mean? That's a solid point, man. I was just telling you a little anecdotal story. I don't have to get back into it, but I was thinking about the time period it came out in, and I probably would have seen it sometime in 96, maybe, yeah. I would say probably 96, 97 at the latest. But, man, probably not very much, because by then, I mean, I liked comedies and spoofs and things like that, but this one wasn't quite, like... The naked gun films and stuff right. like that. You know what I mean? It was a little different. And by then, too, I was I was kind of into some other shit, man. I was starting to get into high school and some other things as far as film watching and all that nonsense. So, yeah, I didn't watch it a ton. And it's, yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it. I don't know, man. I love this movie. But it sucks. I mean, it doesn't suck, suck. No, it's I know funny, what you mean. It, like, it has its moments, but it's... It's not a great it doesn't Mel hit. Brooks. Yes, it doesn't hit like Mel Brooks's other films. And I think, honestly, I think it's because it's a, it's a straight adaptation of Dracula, man. And it's like, how much can you really spoof it? Right. There. Okay, so there was one super notable change in the beginning that I actually really enjoyed. And I think it's really interesting having Renfield be the Either, solicitor yes. rather than... Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point because it puts him more in a focal point in terms of the story. And then you basically combine Jonathan with Arthur. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. That's fine. And there's no Quincy Morris, which is in most versions. Important character. But when you have Renfield in the Jonathan role and you get him taken over earlier, you also get to, like, pare down on his, like, gypsy caravan. Yeah. Which it also it's isn't in most versions anyway, but... Right. But it's it's still, you know... It, you know it's going to be something like, like you said, it with Mel Brooks, he's going to throw in some... Some people would say non-PC stuff, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's so... To me, it's, like, so light, and it's so shticky anyway. Like, it's... He knows it. It's on the nose. It's like... Of course. It's just the whole point. It's a super exaggeration of it. It's a stereotype. <laughs> I mean, once again, when it comes to horror comedy, we're not going to sit here and explain every fucking joke. No, but no, no, no. was there any of the gags and shit from this that stick out to you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. First question, actually, I do have a question for you. Okay, yeah, what you got? All right, so I wrote down who did it better. Okay. All right, who did it better, Anne Bancroft as Madame Ospenskaya, or blah? Right, that was good. I like it. <laughs> Or Priscilla Barnes as Ivana in Mallrats. Ooh. Uh, Priscilla Barnes has to take that one. <laughs> and not even just because she gets topless. Like, right. I think she just plays that character just a little bit better. I know. Well, here's the coincidence, if you want, is that Mallrats came out in what year? 90... F- same year? 
Same here. <laughs> like, what is going on? <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. Okay. But it was the first thing it made me think of is when she was doing it. I was like, oh, that's a little reminiscent to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, it's probably Priscilla Barnes. And not just because she worked with John Ritter on Three's Company, because she took the role of Suzanne Summers after Suzanne Summers oh, left. Oh, wow. I know we talked about that briefly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of wild. All right. So you were asking me... Um, yeah, were there any of the gags yeah, some that of the really gags. stood out? All right, so, yes, actually with Renfeld, or Renfield, was when he is literally in the castle early on in the film, mm -hmm. and Dracula's brides, <laughs> you know, he's, he's first question, he's like, what are you doing to the furniture? <laughs> you know, it's kind of silly, but it is funny. <laughs> But then he's like, no, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. Wrong me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, he says, wrong. Yeah, he does all that shit. Wrong me, wrong me, wrong my brains out. I was like, that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I said that, that gag was pretty funny. Aside from that one, there's a few that got a couple chuckles, but there's because they were kind of like, this is so stupid. <laughs> it's kind of like that kind of shit. But uh, I'm trying to think if I hadn't. No, not I really. love... I, I dig a few uh, here and there. Renfield's lunch with Seward. That is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's eating the bugs and mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. That is actually good comedy. I like that. I like that. I do love how ridiculous, like, it's a parody. They're <laughs> fuck, poking fun at Gary Oldman. Yes. But I love the ridiculous fucking the bouffant. Wig. Yeah, the bouffant. <laughs> it's pretty good. It is pretty Every good. time he shows up wearing that, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I hate looking at it you. It shows you how kind of ridiculous it is, too. But it's that's the point. It's funny. So even the gags with the hypnotism and both in the context of trying to get Renfield, you know, to get okay. sleepy, but I'm passing out. Who did it better? I got two. Oh, okay, yeah. Screwing up a hypnotism through the window. Okay. Leslie or Vlad the Poker. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would... Man. Mina, you are in the closet. That is pretty funny. <laughs> that is pretty good. I mean, I have to... I have to give credit words to, like... Uh, I would say maybe if it weren't for this, you wouldn't have Vlad. Right. Perhaps, but... Well, here's the other Vlad one. Vlad the Poker's funny, too. Who did it better... Not getting the face right, Leslie or Vlad the Poker. Oh, Jesus, man. <laughs> and he turns into a bat. It's got the Leslie face. No, it's that is pretty funny, dude. When I realized that, I was like, holy shit, did, did Taika take that? Maybe. That's what I'm getting at. It's like, maybe if it wasn't for this, you wouldn't have the other. But that maybe it's just parallel thinking, too. It, could it be might be pure yeah. coincidence. It might be because we got Leslie Nielsen. We want you to realize that he's the bat. Even though I it's know, obvious, but, it's but so like funny. it's a comedy, so like yeah, of course you're gonna you're gonna joke it up. I, I don't know, man. I like it's like it's it's hard to say because they're both so funny. I like All I know is like if I ever got the chance to ask Taika a question, <laughs> that might be it one would of them, be. Yeah. Did you like? These are all references to these other vampire things. Did you? Yeah, why would grab you? a joke from Dracula Dead and Loving It, the Sorry. movie that? Killed Mel Brooks's film career. This is literally his last directing credit. Because 
10 million return on a 30 budget. Man, that's a big blow. That's a big blow. When I think things were already trending down at that point. Yeah, and that's probably not even including the the advertisement and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, oof. Yeah, that sucks, but sometimes that's the case. Those are good questions, though, man. So, also, does, like, every female in this movie have an incredible rack? Because even the usher at the movie theater had her tits out. Right. Well, that was kind of, from what I, just a little bit of research I did and some of the stuff I was listening to. Was that, like, an intentional joke? Yeah, yeah. It was like Mel Brooks wanted all the guys in the film to be dumb and all the women to be, you know... Stacked? Well endowed. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, no complaints as a... Right, because, like, okay, member. this movie would have come out when I was eight. Honestly, I probably didn't see it till I was, like, 11 or 12. Like, I wasn't seeing it till it was... Like, I Good mentioned it a couple times, months, like, yeah. when it, it was sense. on Showtime. Yeah, that makes sense. And this movie is... This, along with... Robin Hood Men in Tights, I blame for me having a thing for redheads. Understandably so. Because Amy Asbeck is yeah, just fucking gorgeous. Just I know incredible. We, we briefly talked about it last week leading into this, and for the same reason. Mainly me because of Robin Hood Men in Tights. Made Marion. And the Chastity Bells. Like, yeah. We all wanted that to see what happened. <laughs> like, because I was way more concerned with, like, trying to catch, I don't know, like, Red Shoe Diaries and stuff. Mm. I don't think I necessarily used this movie as fucking spank material when I was a young adult and, like, a young man discovering myself. But, like, I was watching it because everybody has an impressive rack. Yeah. And I was 11, and it was funny. (laughs) Yeah, just, like, you know, if you're going to have a gag, that's not a bad one to have, In, in my opinion. That's just, you know, it's subjective. Like, looking back on it, 100%, I probably would have oh, yeah. watched this movie half as much if that wasn't the case. Even the actress, um, uh, Lucette, who played Lucy, she was like, yeah. she knew, but she said because it was Mel Brooks, she thought it was funny. You know, she was in on the gag. She, she mm-hmm. realized that's what she was there for. Oh, I, I think the, the one other little joke that stands out to me that I don't know if I caught when I was younger or if I got just how funny it was, but fucking... Jonathan at the opera when he's just like, ah, oh, the opera full of fucking whatever he's like, wonder and sensuality and da 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 and all the things that I've tried to re- repress in my life. <laughs> I-, I will say this is kind of funny too, is when Lucy is making advances toward him, right? Mm. And he's like, he's telling her, she's like, well, I'm not dead, I'm undead. And he's like, well, I'm not unengaged. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And she's like, we, like, let me show you all the, like, the sensual blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of like maybe a, a comeback or, or a circle rack back around on that joke that he made earlier at the opera. But he's basically like, you know, I'm British. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't do this. We repress this kind of stuff. Well, it's when, when Mina's coming on to him after she's been bit, yeah. when Dr. Seward finds him, yeah. he's just like, I can't believe you've touched her after only being engaged for five years. <laughs> There's a lot of really, I think... There's some clever adult humor in this. Well, not just adult humor. I was about to say, like, especially for a Mel Brooks movie, this is lower tier. Mm -hmm. Probably still higher tier than a lot of other comedies, let's be honest. I totally agree with that. 
but, but we're this is on the low end, yeah. right? But I feel like a lot of the like focused on jokes are the ones that are low. If you're paying attention to that shit, like that's the things I've suppressed and stuff. There's a lot of really good understated humor throughout mm. this movie. Yeah, it's like it's not it's not really that bad, man. It's not bad. Oh, we can't not bring this up. I guess there's one other scene that I've always fucking loved. It's the first thing I think of when I think of this movie. The fucking staking Lucy. Oh yeah. You know, if you're gonna use classic for this film that would be its its scene. That yeah, that's the scene from this movie. Fuck it. Yeah, the gag. And Steven Weber had no idea that he was going to get trashed. That's so so good. He almost breaks. Watch his face. He almost breaks. Yeah, and I listened to an interview that he did, and he said they did that scene about, or that take about four or five times. Yeah, and the first time, you're right, he didn't know that was coming. Not like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that's good. I mean, looking back on it now, it's like, yeah, that's that's a good gag. It's kind of an obvious gag. Right, right, right. But it's still... It works. Like, hey, of course it does. I mean, that's the whole point. It's like, here's something interesting. I was listening to Joe Bob Briggs, right? Mm. This is like back when he was on TNT. So you can find the clip on YouTube. That's how I found this. But um, when they were showing this movie, he said that this was the only movie that they could show that much blood in on the <laughs> network on TNT. He didn't, he's always like, you know, good job, Mel Brooks. <laughs> that's wild. I mean, it makes sense, but... Because it's a comedy, you know? And it's, and it's such like, an obvious comedy, right. and you're not seeing anything except for him reaching down into the coffin. And you're just seeing this... this <laughs> fucking, fucking ridiculous yeah, spray of blood. Yeah, this flow of blood. It's like the scene... Kind of reminiscent to me of uh, Johnny Depp and, mm-hmm. you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. That kind of blood pooling. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. But because it's a comedy and it's PG, probably, what, 13? Yeah something like that they can get away with it and they did and to think that TNT wouldn't show anything dead enough that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) well I mean they they even like you know we can cut her head off and stuff garlic in her mouth and do all that he's like no I'm good (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I think that was kind of an interesting little side nugget there the location 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 bit was kind of lame though yeah I was like ah Okay. Even like I, get, I love though that Seward's just like, why aren't you covered in blood? Like, because I stood behind, he hid behind the pillar. Like, I thought that was kind of funny. Right before he drove the stake through her, he's like, "All right, hold on, wait a minute, hold up." <laughs> and he, yeah, he took enough time to hide back there. Uh, one gag I probably could have left out was like getting the last word in. Yeah, did you get all the way to the end? At the end of the credits, Dracula's shadow gets the last word in. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't like the gag, but if you're gonna do it, right? I mean, they, they I, follow I appreciate on the follow through. And yes, it's like if if you're gonna be, it's like they say, commit to the bid, right? Mm-hmm. They committed. So. They committed. I appreciate can't that. Can't knock them. Can't knock. Them. Not the greatest no. gag. No, 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 no. It's like, but you're right. Can't knock them for committing. I would say if they were past the staking, the second most iconic scene would have to be the dance. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's good. Some of the, I mean, the effects show their age, but, but I knew bad. they were going to. Of course. I mean, it's 95. Like I said, we're, shit, almost 30 years into this. What's funny is I knew that the effects were going to show their age. I was curious how much I was going to be able to catch the cuts between the actors mm. and their stunt doubles. And <laughs> now after having wow. watched as many movies as we have, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious when you see it. And both sequences, to me, with Amy as Their bodies are pretty good, well doubled. I agree with that. I agree with that. But as far as the cuts and you see in the the, the transition between actor and dancers, like, oh, yeah. (laughs) But once again, it's a comedy, and that's kind of maybe the point, too, is like, yeah, we know that. I know I never caught it when I was young, though. No, I guarantee you. No, that's not you, something I, I think as kids and shit we're necessarily thinking about. We're no. not really paying attention to that. We're sold on the on the bit, if you will. Yeah, and even then, like I'm not trying to ruin the movie for myself when I'm looking at it. I just it's almost like a more of a mental exercise. Like, can I catch this? Like, yeah. am I good enough? Did they hide it well enough? <laughs> like, which one of us is going to win this yeah. stupid little competition that I just made for myself? Like. Oh, here's some uh, little interesting trivia. Once again, anybody can look this up, but I found this really interesting. There's two different roles that I've heard that this particular person was up for. Initially, the role of Dracula was intended for, do you know who? Oof. Um, Let me think about this first. Yeah, no worries. No worries. It's a bride... (laughs) I'm going to, okay. I can narrow it down a little I'm bit gonna, for No, you. I'm going to guess anyway. Fuck it. I'm going to take the broad guess. Okay. Robin Williams. No, but that's not a bad guess. I can say that honestly. That's not a bad guess. Chris Farley. No. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a little bit more of a stretch. Pair it down. Television 1990s. Big time 1990s. Intelligent comedy, if you will. Fucking Frasier? Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I don't know how accurate that is, but even Steven Weber said that on an interview, in, in an interview, that Kelsey Grammer was initially set to be cast in the role of Jonathan Harker, but I've also heard it as well. Not just like, ooh, offhand, but I've seen Ooh, I like Steven Weber a lot better for that. Me for too. For Harker. Me too. Me too. But uh, interestingly, because Leslie Nielsen was cast, he, at that time, was the oldest Dracula on screen. And I think he still oh, is. shit. Right. He was 68 when he was cast as Dracula. And most of the Draculas are like late 40s, early 50s. Exactly. And I looked at the list, because I've seen it on, on the internet, and Joe Bob Briggs even talked about it, too. Now, Bella Lugosi returned as Dracula in some other films, and he was like around that age, 68. Okay. But Leslie Nielsen was still older than him when he was cast as Dracula. Interesting. Yeah, so there's that, which is really neat. Yeah, and because at a certain point, Lee didn't appear as Dracula again. Right. There is a little bit of an homage to uh, Christopher Lee's Dracula in this film, is when Leslie Nielsen goes to bite Lucy's character in the film. Mm -hmm. He puts... Oh, the the yeah. cape over. Right, right. And that's a little bit of a nod. I that's a, That was a fun gag, too. You start to hear this, yeah, the, the lapping, the, like and then the you hear the straw. straw. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. There was That a felt a little of, zuckery to me. Yeah. There was but a little not bit in a that. bad way. No, no, no. I, um, it it kind of made me curious point, of though. what the Zucker Brothers version mm. of this would look like. Well, that's a solid, too, because they're not bad. They're kind of, yeah, they can be a little schlocky, but it's not mm-hmm. bad. It's not bad. One other thing I was going to mention with that, too, is um, they wanted to stick close to kind of like the feel of the Hammer, Dracula films. Yeah, so instead of going black and white, because there was talks of that, you know, as far as this film goes, but they're like, nah, we're going to deal with color. Honestly, I 
I feel like they kind of nailed that, especially with some of the scenes with Lucy. Was Lisette Anthony? Is that her name? I feel like they got the old school lighting on her. No, they did really Perfect. good, really good. It um, looked like the old. There was a lot of like the sort of like close-ups on and her. Stuff. Yeah, with that the lighting. Perfect for that you older know, time period. That's a good point too. And even like the costume design and jewelry and stuff like that's mm-hmm. very reminiscent of that time period. So it makes sense that they wanted to kind of mimic that, that look, that feel. I kind of blew them during the opening section. This is probably the most bored I've ever been by a Harvey Corman role. Yeah, they didn't really do a good job of like giving him much to chew on mm. because he's good at that. He's good at bringing that comedy out, but his character is kind of stilted in this. That being said, I might love him in other movies, and people know him better from other movies. This is the Peter McNichol role for me. He... That's a great job. No, I mean, for me, it's going to be Ghostbusters too. but people going to have to start recognizing him in this role as Renfield. He does a great job, man. He does a really good job. He's a good physical comedian. There is a, a little bit of a gag towards the end of the film. That's It's kind of dumb, but I liked it. Oh, is it the him fucking trying to throw off? The... Yeah, that is so stupid, but I was like, that's kind of funny. It's okay, stupid. I lost them. It's stupid. <laughs> And then it turns into great when he gives that little juke at the end. That's what I'm getting at. He's that like, okay, juke I lost him. <laughs> kills me. <laughs> right. That was hilarious. So I was like, it's so dumb, but it's like, yeah, no, I like that. I actually like that. It's silly. But yeah, he does a great job. I, I totally agree. Yeah, fucking knocks it out of the park. I'm trying to think what else. I'm almost surprised that they didn't include a Quincy Morris character just to, like, milk the comedy of having a fucking Texan with a giant right, with a fucking knife. Bowie knife. Yeah, like, that's pretty funny, man. Um, it's the weird part of... Dra- we've brought it up before every time that we've talked about well, Dracula, but nobody... Hardly any of the adaptations have the character, and it's so and, wild that there's this fucking Texan in the middle of nowhere in that story. In our Bram Stoker's... Mm-hmm. The role of Dr. Seward, he was more of a, um, a suitor, Right. Yeah, he was kind of, like, everyone kind of knew Lucy was going to go with Arthur, but, like, right. technically Seward was kind of a... Yeah. And Quincy, too, technically. Right, right, But right, they right. had both kind of realized that they were playing second fiddle to Arthur. At least that's the way I always read right. it. Right, but, I mean, that's just a slight... I mean, I, it doesn't change much in this film. Yeah. Not in the overall end of it, but... I, I know, I, I kind of wanted to like this more, but... Like I said, it's not a bad film. It's really not a bad film. It's just, it's like, dude, if I want to watch Dracula, I hate to say it like this, but I want to watch Francis Ford's. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. If I want to watch Dracula, which one would I put on these days? Honestly, if I wanted to watch Dracula, I'd, at this point, I'd probably go back to the uh, Jess Franco. It's good. It's good. It's so close to the book, and when I want Dracula, I kind of want the book. No, I agree with you there. What, what I think, too, is we're... All of us are, and to an extent, we're products of our time periods. And because of that Francis Ford Coppola film, that hit me when it was like, when I was probably like 11, 10 mm-hmm. or 11. And so, you know, it just hits a little different. That one right. got me into the whole Dracula, you know, mythology mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's probably why it hits a little bit harder. But, I mean, there's some really good adaptations, and there's a shit ton of them, too. Right. But we talked about this last week as far as. A good Dracula comedy, 
a good vampire for that matter. It doesn't have to be Dracula, which is a good vampire or comedy or spoof or, you know. This one does a good job, but it's not like, I wouldn't say this is the best example of one. No, because what we do in the shadows exists. Oh, it do, yeah. Like, that's so much far superior. But, in comparison, like we brought up. Right. It has its roots in a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. It has to. Because it's, I would imagine it's basing it off of tropes and things that came before it. How, how could it not? Right. Exactly. <laughs> God, yeah, man. I, I kind of agree. Like, this one still hits all the nostalgia points, but I really wanted to just actually like this movie more than I did going back to it. And it's fine. Yeah, that's like I said. I think for... I don't know, man. I, it'd be hard But it's for me nice to, being hooked up on that nostalgia drug, I'll tell you No, what. and that's kind of, like, I like that, too. Don't get me wrong. But for all the reasons we've already stated, wanted to like it more, didn't really hit as hard as I wanted it to. I would still, you know, oh. I think it's because it's not that it's not funny enough. No, it's no, that no, 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 It strikes out too much. I, too many yeah, of the jokes are. Don't land yeah. as much as they should. Or the fucking the children of the night, what a fucking mess they make, or whatever it is. He's, I. That's like, yeah, it's silly, but uh, I'm good. Whatever. Yeah. I kind of liked the daymare. Kind of thought it was. Yeah, mm, it's silly. Pushed. Right. Even. I, I don't know. Some of some of it is probably a little dated. You mm-hmm. know, like the comedy, that kind of comedy. Uh, you know, and I think maybe part of the reason too. And I'm thinking this, uh, just thinking maybe culturally in the 90s, that comedy was a little bit more progressive in terms of, like, what people were doing and saying, and it was probably a little bit more abrasive comparatively to this style of comedy. Well, and I guess just looking back on it, I wouldn't have been thinking this deep about it as a child, obviously, but looking back on those movies and stuff, it would have been a lot more transgressive in that time period just to have pretty much every female almost every female in this movie being as sexually aggressive as they were yeah it might be because they're being turned into a vampire but it was also more uncomfortable during that time period yeah but not in like a bad way but in a way that I mean, uh, there's a lot of comedy that's about pushing the edge of, edge of what's transgressive. So it fits into a comedy to do that. Absolutely. But nowadays, that's kind of just like, we understand that women get horny too, so it's not yeah. pushing the envelope as much. No. I mean, like I said, it's it's interesting because, yeah, this we're talking like almost three decades later here, you know, in terms of cultural things, impacts, and how things are viewed. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So yeah, it's it is it's a product of its time period. Fuck, what are you doing to the furniture? Is really funny though. It's <laughs> like of all the things. Like, what are you doing to that furniture? <laughs> but you know, I like keep he finally got into it because I was like, yeah, they, that's that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that's my knee. <laughs> yeah, change <laughs> my knee. Yeah, I was like, all right. But yeah, once he said it wrong me, I was like, oh yeah, there he is. <laughs> that's totally racist. But yeah, I Peter saw Mac- everything. God. Yeah, <laughs> you got to give him credit there. There's even a throwback line to Men in Tights, mm. where he's like, "He's like, we've got to do." Th- it's something that Leslie Nielsen says. I want to paraphrase it, but it's a, it's a line that uh, Carrie Elwes says as 
Robin Hood in Minute Tights where he's like, we've got we've got to do this in this amount of time, but we only have so much time to do it in. Mm. It's something to that extent, but that's a tie-in back to that film. You know, it's like okay, that's kind of interesting, but yeah, no, it's it's for me it was neat seeing. You know, like, people who were in his former films, more mm-hmm. specifically, I've already mentioned it, but Men in Tights, you know, like, oh, making that connection, seeing Stephen Weber from Wings is like, oh, that's kind of cool, because this is a different role, you yeah. know, and he do, he's actually really good. Yeah, he's really good. I liked him. Like, everybody it's, does a good job. As far as their performances, I can't complain. I really can't. Fight me, internet, but he's better than Keanu. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to fight me about him no. being better than Keanu in that role. Oh, it's like, I don't think Keanu would fight you. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, nah, you're probably right. Which is good. I don't need him to, ke- to fucking John Wick my ass. No, everybody loves Keanu. That's beside the point. But, you know, he did a great job as, as Jonathan Harker. Uh, maybe one other little thing of note that I wanted to make uh, mention of. This is kind of interesting. Honestly, he kind of sells me on being a like real Jonathan Harker, not just a comedy version of Jonathan Harker. Right, that's what I'm getting at, too. He could be put right in that place, at, like you were saying, as a mm. serious Jonathan Harker, and he would nail it. I mean, he could still kind of, maybe not Harker, but maybe play, like, Seward. Yeah, yeah. I could Seward wasn't supposed to be old, necessarily. Remember, he's older. We talked about, yeah, him being a suitor. In this case, he's probably, like, shit, 60s, mm-hmm. if not a little bit older, maybe 70s. Yeah, but, but like yeah. That. Something I wanted to make mention of was this film initially had a release date slated for Halloween of that year. Okay. And it was going to be in the box office at the same time as another vampire film. Do you know what that vampire film is? Think Urban. Well, that just threw me off. Shit, no, I don't. I thought I was on to something first. Well, well, what did you think? What was the initial? Well, no, well, I was trying to remember what year... I. The only thing I kept thinking was John Carpenter's Vampires, but I realized that's, what, 98? I th- yeah, I think so. Somewhere in there. So, 95. Near Dark? No. Near okay. Dark was, like, 80. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no. You're, gonna, you're probably going to kick yourself. Oh, wait, wait, butt. wait. No, 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 no. Vampire in Brooklyn. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So, that's where it was going to... Initially, that's what they wanted. That was its, its targeted date, but because... This didn't wrap up filming until like September, and you know okay. they're wrapping up posts mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So they had to push it back. That's why it was released in December, Christmas for a, a Dracula spoof. spoof. Yeah, so you know it's just unfortunately it was the timing. Yeah, you know I think this would probably set it back. Well, and I think that year is just stacked if you take a look at the movie releases anyway. Yeah, and I, I was thinking too for me, ninety five. I can't speak for everybody because it's, you know, it's all anecdotal, but I'm almost certain I probably would not have seen this in the theater. I mean, I know I didn't see it in the theater when it was released, but I'm just thinking, like, if it had a Halloween release, I probably would not have either. Even though, like, Leslie Nielsen, like, all these other actors and actresses. All right, I'm trying to see what would have potentially been in the theaters at that that time. time, yeah. So we're just, we're going to look at... October on because some of those would have been in like their fifth or sixth week too. Well, around this time of year too, in '95, I would have been 13. So um, <laughs> I'm not going to read off everything, no, no, but no, just sort okay. of things that jump out. Dead presidents. Oh yeah, that was actually a pretty decent film. Uh, Strange days. Yeah. Scarlet letter. Okay. Get shorty. Mall rats, which didn't do that good in the theater, so we shouldn't count it. But no, it, it no, was but still. 
Leaving Las Vegas, Powder, oh, okay. Vampire in Brooklyn. Oh, oh, I think that was a made-for-TV movie. I was going to say the, the Alec Baldwin, John Goodman streetcar named Desire. Yeah, no, I don't think that made it either. Oh, Ace Ventura when nature calls. Oh, yeah, that would have sucked no. all the air out of the room of a fucking comedy at that point. Ninety five. Yeah, I was in junior high. That yeah, exactly. That Jim Carrey. Even in its fifth week, it would have been sucking all the fucking air out of the room. You know what's actually? Are you kidding I, me? I didn't mention this. Some we should have mentioned this, but Amy Asbeck was in The Mask. Yeah. So it's she, another movie I watched a shit ton. Likewise. So with that being said, she did talk about the difference between working with. Somebody like Mel Brooks versus Jim. Jim, and she's like, you know, a difference, at least during that time period, was that Jim Carrey was just very loud. Mm. Whereas Mel Brooks was more reserved and laid back, you know, in his approach to comedy. But you got to think about who was the box office <laughs> king, if you will, back then. Yeah, when Nature Calls when brought in $212 million. What was the budget, just out of curiosity? 30 Oh, shit. Same budget. They, what, seven times its budget? Yeah. Oh, here. Jesus. The American president, Michael Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. I know that Goldeneye. Was... Dude. So it was competing against a Bond. No chance. It Takes Two. Casino. Yeah. Casino. Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Done. No, no I didn't stand a chance. I'm sorry. Those were all sort of towards the end of November. That's not even getting it. Dude, still, yeah. Even if even if it did get a Halloween release, it's like, good luck. Jesus. Shit. Yeah, this, I mean, some of these wouldn't have been big in the movie, in the theaters, but, still, but like, things still. to do in Denver when you're dead. Fucking Wild Bill with Jeff Bridges and Ellen Barkin, John Hurt. Wow. Father of the Bride Part 2. Yeah, Steve Martin, but still. Oh, fuck. Heat. Oh, Jumanji. Wow. What? <laughs> yeah, No. Nixon, Balto, wow. Grumpier Old Man, Waiting to Exhale, Four Rooms, Twelve wow, Monkeys. Dude, what? Yeah, 95 had some good films. Dang. Dang. Okay. So, yeah, that. Wow. No shit. wonder. Like, but, you know, like, what so do you release again, it against? Yeah, once again, I was just thinking, like, for me as a movie watcher, movie goer, I wasn't going to the theater like that back in this time period. So I, I was more likely not to have seen it in the theater. Damn, that was a good... <laughs> as an adult, that would have been a damn good, like, fall going into the winter. Yeah, so it came out the same week as Heat, Jumanji, what? and Nixon. Yeah, I would have got buried. And Balto. I would have got buried. And Grumpier Old Man. Wow. And Waiting to Exhale. All in the same week. Yeah, no. They didn't stand a chance. This is unfortunate, but, you know, that's just the way it goes. But, you know, once again, too, I will say this. Even Regardless, I, mean, I still don't think it would have done that well in the no, box office, no. regardless. No, it's just uh, circumstances didn't help. Precisely. But, like, like I was saying, it, and you as well, it's, it's no discredit to anybody who, in this filmmaking process at all. It's just not the strongest parody, satirical, spoof-style film. No. Not the strongest, but, you know, not a bad effort. It ain't bad. No, it's not. It's, it's not, not painful to watch. Like, if you want something that's classic, I guess, you know, and you want some classical actors and you don't like 
gore and blood and all that other stuff. You want a little comedy? Like, this is not a bad one. If you've seen the rest of Leslie Nielsen, if you've seen the rest of Mel Brooks, either way. Right. And we've already made mention of some of the other actors and actresses as well, so it'd be cool to see in some of their spot appearances here. I don't have anything else to say. No, I don't think I do either. But, uh, no, it was kind of fun to, you know, round out our little run of Mm -hmm. horror comedy, you know, maybe as unintentional as it was. It was still fun. So next week we're back to our Patreon only. Yeah, remember go check that you guys out. Patreon.com slash fried squirms. What what's this one, Danny? Oh well, you know if I was gonna be bound, where would I be bound? I think I would be hell bound. Ooh, hell raisin. Hell bound, hell raiser too. That's gonna be a blast because yes, it is. I think this is gonna cement. Me feeling like it's a number one of the help, like of the the original three, yeah, right, yeah, because but I gotta rewatch it just to have that that last no, it's to be sure. I'm with you there. I I think that that will help solidify its place, and I'm excited for that because I love Hellraiser. Likewise, Um, Clay Barker. Fuck yeah, I might. I have some time, maybe. I have some other reading I need to do, so I might not get to it, but I might try to finally get around to reading the Hellbound Heart. Nice. Probably won't. <laughs> well, you know, but maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We've got we've got a little bit of time. That's all I got for this. Guys, go check that out. We'll be giving it to you, and you can go check out all the other ones too that we've we've already re-reviewed. And that's been a lot of fun. It has been. You get the best version of the cell. <laughs> yeah, you do. We've made mention it's like sixty six at least sixty six percent pared down to the original. All for it. Uh, But for this week, I'm Tyler. I'm Danny. Fried squirms. Out. Hi, everybody. Tyler here. If you like the podcast, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us, or preferably over on Apple Podcasts, that'd be super cool as the entire world is ran on algorithms and we want to be all up in them. Uh, We highly appreciate it whenever you tell all your friends about us. If you have any suggestions, comments questions, want us to put eyes on your current independent horror project, you can always contact us, squirmcast at gmail.com, or you can contact us through our website, www.friedsquirms.com. Scroll through our entire back catalog there, or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network, uh, and would love it if you went and checked out some of our sister shows. Uh, The easiest way to keep track of things across the entire network is to go over to that website. That's earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. You can search for us across all the social medias. If you type in Fried Squirms, we should be what pops up. Not going to give you all those ads. So, with all of that in mind, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, peace. <laughs>